It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It's me, Joey P. Joe Pizapia. That is Scott Bogman, and it's you, and we're taking you through Week 7 in college football. I can't believe it's Week 7 already. I know we say that every single week. Some massive upsets last week, including a loss from Alabama. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that Penn State-Iowa game, and, of course, we're going to look ahead to Week 7, everything else going on, the likes and the leans from Scott Bogman, but... Boggs, I got to tell you, I uh, I watched Calzada play. I was very impressed with him. He made some mistakes, but he bounced back. That's what you have to do with the quarterback position when you play a team like Alabama. And I continue to bang the drum of, I am thoroughly unimpressed by Bryce Young. I understand yeah. he hasn't been around very long, but you know, he continues to get propped up by the surrounding talent. And this time, it wasn't enough, as H8 and company really did put a number on number one ranked Alabama and really changed the dynamic of the BCS right now. I mean, you know, they had just passed a hundred straight games of beating unranked teams. Alabama had, and um, they walked into Texas A&M who looked like garbage all year. I wrote in my article about how much Alabama was going to smash them. So this one is clearly on me. So my apologies, Bama fans uh, that uh, this loss is clearly on me because I picked uh, Alabama and the over. We only went five and five this week on the article, but uh, that was a huge one. And, um, you know, we said it before in the show, Joe, that Bama looked more beatable than ever. Yeah, well, Florida, they struggled, right? They They, struggled a little with Florida. I feel like this is a younger Alabama team, and maybe the loss is a good thing for them. Does that make sense? Like, maybe there's a a feeling of invincibility with them that I think for a younger team that's – you know, got more sophomores and juniors than juniors and seniors on it. Maybe, maybe that turns around. You actually build off of that. It could be a positive thing long-term. Yeah. I mean, you should see the Bama fans, you know, half of them want Saban fired or not half, <laughs> but a lot of them, you know, and how uh, idiotic is that? Like, that's going to be the dumbest thing ever. Dude. How good yeah. of a coach is Nick Saban? I mean, come on. Come uh, on. Uh, he's old. The game has passed him by, you know, and then did it uh, pass him by last year when he was winning the national championship again? Right. Exactly. So, I mean, it's just, you know, reactionary, of course, but uh, A&M, they look good, man. This is kind of the A&M we expect to see this year with Haynes King at the helm, but Calzada came in and I'm telling you, he looked like absolute garbage for the first three weeks. He had a couple, you know, you can see some stuff there, but it was like, he was just not ready. And whatever he saved it all for Alabama sure and did. he looked great and, uh, and they won and congrats to, to the Aggies and everyone around me is real happy this week. So that's super annoying because I am depressed. Yes. So. And he's depressed because Texas, let's put it uh, mildly choked against uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's a choking sound from Scott Bogman there. Oh. There you go. That's what that is. And it's funny because I came home and I saw that they had a lead I watched, I don't know, like the second quarter or so, and then I had to go back out, came home, and they had lost. So what happened here to Texas? Well, they switched. It's Oklahoma switching from Spencer Rattler to Caleb Williams, and uh, they were not ready for it, Texas was. I think they got a little comfortable in their lead. They didn't go to Bijan enough in the second half. Uh, Xavier Worthy fumbled a kickoff. He had an enormous game. He had over 200 yards receiving, opened up the game with a 75-yard touchdown. He's a true freshman, too. So. Um, and, you know, in spring, they're calling him Texas's version of Devontae Smith because, of course, Sark 
coming over from Bama, um, coached up Devonte Smith and, um, he was fantastic in this game, but he had that huge fumble and they couldn't stop Kennedy Brooks. They got mm-hmm. real tired in the second half. The defense did run around trying to stop Caleb Williams and they just got smoked. And it looks like, uh, Oklahoma has their new starting quarterback. And you talk about someone who lost a lot in that game. Yeah. I think Spencer Rattler lost more than Texas did because he was the number one quarterback on mock draft boards. And now he's going to the bench. So. Okay, well, is he going to the bench or is he going to transfer somewhere else and stay in the in another year? Well, I I think that's a smart idea for him. Is if he transfers, I think he wants to stick at Oklahoma to see if he can keep this job. And Lincoln Riley has said that um, he's not going to announce a starter. But I don't know if you <laughs> saw all of this stuff. But some OU, uh, you know, newspaper kid or whatever that that is writing for the the Sooners newspaper uh, went across to a public building with binoculars and then watched who was taking first team snaps. And it was all Caleb Williams. So no, well, uh, I mean, not Lincoln surprised. Riley subsequently canceled his media availability for mm. the week, I guess, because he's upset about that. But come on, man, like you look like garbage on offense all year long. You put in Caleb Williams and you uh, roll over a team that had been beating you into the dirt for the first quarter and a half. And, it's got the, the way the kids reacted to him when he came in too. you can't not go back to Caleb Williams. I mean, that is uh, like yeah, a fireball offense. So I would agree. And look it for Rattler. I mean, his draft <laughs> stock right now, I mean, you, you've got to go transfer somewhere exactly. else to stay in college. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sorry. Like that's, that's not going to sit well. And look, and look, you have a path there. I mean, look at what Jalen hurts was able to do. Look at what Joe Burrow was able to do. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you could take your stock yeah. and prove it again. So it's a smart thing to do. Uh, you have Georgia, Iowa, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma, the new top four. Iowa, with that big win, played some great defense. We've been talking about their defense all year against Penn State, who was down to their second and then the third-string quarterback in that game at one point. Um, so fascinating to see just the uh, the one SEC team right now in the top four. It's not what we're used to. Well, you know, we last week said it's just Georgia and uh, Alabama by far in a way mm-hmm. better than everybody else. I think it might just be Georgia. So yeah, uh, at this point, now that Al- Alabama lost to AM, we can call that a hiccup, whatever you want to. I still think they're going to make the, the tournament here, but that's a that's a rough loss to an unranked team. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Good luck, Mississippi State against uh, Bama this week. That's all I have to say <laughs> for them. So. Well, let's start with the likes here and let's turn the page to week seven in college football. Let's start with 20th ranked Florida, 10 and a half point favorites at LSU. The over-under is 59. So what do we like about this one, Boggs? Well, Florida's going to live and die by Emory Jones and how he's playing. And he's been pretty damn good this season without the obvious hiccup to Kentucky. LSU, they've gotten stomped twice, first by UCLA, then last week by Kentucky. Uh, Right now, I have no faith whatsoever in their offense. Uh, They're 127th in rushing. Uh, the three teams behind them are Arkansas State, Bowling Green, and Mississippi State. So LSU is 22nd in passing offense, but they did just lose their number one uh, pass catcher in uh, Booty, uh, who has been on the receiving end of 29% of their pass yards this season. So I think this is uh, Florida just dominating a one-dimensional offense in LSU. I don't think it's going to be very close. So I got Florida, and I'll lay the points in this one. All right, let's move on to Auburn. Uh, at Arkansas, Arkansas ranked 17th. Arkansas favorite in this one at home. Three and a half is the number. The over-under is 53, Boggs. Your thoughts on this one? 
I mean, we didn't even talk about this game. It might have been the most fun game to watch of the week. Uh, I mean, it was for me because my game wasn't, uh, <laughs> you know, um, Arkansas and Ole Miss Ole going Miss, down to yeah. the wire and Arkansas losing uh, by going for that two point conversion, which is a call I like. You know, they're on the road. It's a tough game. You know, you're not going to stop Ole Miss in overtime. They've been, you know, put up 52 points. So just go for it. It didn't work, but I like the call. Arkansas. Uh, so they showed they have to be taken seriously and everyone uh, has gotten beat down by Georgia and um, the, the close, um, the, the closest game for, uh, for Arkansas here was uh, Tamu outside of that Georgia beatdown, Right. Um, and they've beat everyone else except for Ole Miss uh, in this game. I just, Auburn doesn't have it. Jefferson's back to being hundred percent. Auburn isn't a slouch and they match up well on paper against Arkansas. I just think the Razorbacks are less likely to fold up. Bo Nix has been so unbelievably inconsistent. I got to go with Arkansas in this game at three and a half. That's just not enough points. I think that they're going to beat down Auburn. I don't think it's going to be that close. I know they've been hoping that Bo Nix developed into something more, but it really just hasn't happened. Like, yeah. you know, I understand it's a good story and the legacy and the whole thing, and all that stuff. But, you know, to me, Bo Nix just doesn't have that other gear that I, I can understand a couple of years ago, them thinking that, you know, over time, well, he was a huge that. time, uh, you know, uh, high school prospect. Yeah, I know. But sometimes that doesn't translate. You it know, just doesn't. It doesn't translate for a lot of those guys. And mm-hmm. this is definitely one of them. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to UCF at uh, third rank Cincinnati. My boy, Desmond Ritter. Uh, Cincinnati, huge number in this game. Twenty and a half. That is enormous there. Uh, Fifty seven and a half is the over under box. Can Cincinnati cover the twenty and a half here? I think they can. And uh, I like UCF going into this year, but they're down their starting quarterback in Dylan Gabriel. They're down their number one running back. We think in Isaiah Bowser this week, he may or may not play. He's in the air. Um, They're down their number one wide receiver in Jalen Robinson. They're a middle of the road team without those guys. They just lost to Navy. So um, Cincinnati can absolutely not afford to have anything go wrong for them. Um, You cannot give the playoff committee an excuse to exclude you. So you have to beat down every single team you play for the rest of the season. No, you cannot take the the foot off the gas. It's got to stay on and they have to go out there and destroy everyone they're, they're playing. And I think they roll in this one too. I just, UCF is not the same team without Dylan Gabriel. Mikey Keene is doing all he can, but it's tough, man. He is no Gabriel. Not yet anyway. So I got the Bearcats and I'll lay the points for your boy Ritter. <laughs> 11th rank Kentucky visits Georgia. Number one in the nation right now. Minus 23. That's where we are. Georgia is uh, 23 point favorites in this one. 44 and a half. Kentucky's played well, though, this year. Um, is there any chance Kentucky can make this a game, though, against Georgia? Or is Georgia just in a whole other class? I think Georgia is in a place of their own. Now, uh, you know, I talked to my guys, uh, Nick and Xavier. We do the CFP Winning Edge podcast, and um, I, I great respect for those guys. And they both think that Kentucky is going to cover. And they're both mm. from Georgia, you know, <laughs> Georgia fans. So, um, but I, I just don't think that any, you know, you, what's the most points someone scored on Georgia this year? Do you know just off the top of your head? I don't. 13. Oh, is that it? 13 points. I was going to say 20. That was South Carolina 
on a uh, they scored a garbage touchdown in the fourth quarter to get to 13. Wow. Uh, Clemson put up seven against them. Yeah, seven. They've been having Clemson's been having uh, offensive issues, of course. But Kentucky's had a fantastic year. Six and oh, they beat Florida. They beat the crap out of LSU, 42 to 21. Uh, the issue for Kentucky is that Georgia just they haven't allowed anyone to score. Uh, and and Kentucky's, you know, just statistically, they're one dimensional. They're 23rd in rushing. They're 97th in passing. You know, I know by analytics and stuff, my guy Nick talked about this, how they're, you know, well, they're 41st in passing. Efficiency. I don't care. Georgia's fourth against the run first in passing defense and scoring. This could easily be another shutout for them. I think uh, I don't think it will be. But I think that they win this one going away. This is another, you know, thirty-five to seven type of a game, and um, that's just that's not going to play towards Kentucky at all. So I've got Georgia rolling again. Well, Georgia's in the driver's seat right now, so they better not let up because yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, it's theirs now. It's it's theirs to run away with, quite literally, in their style of play. Purdue at second-ranked Iowa. Iowa, 11.5 point favorites in this one. 43 is the number. Is there any room for an Iowa letdown after a very emotional game last week with Penn State? There could be, and that's, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of talk about letdowns this week, and, mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of betting is going in the opposite direction. There More money is going towards Kentucky than Georgia, right? Uh, but in this game, the public is still hard on Iowa. I mean, talking 90% of cash on Iowa and uh, Purdue has a pretty solid passing game and they're led by quarterback Aiden O'Connell wide receiver, David Bell, they're 10th in passing offense. But once again, another one dimensional team, 122nd in rushing uh, Purdue has also had problems punching it in They're 102nd in scoring 23.6 points per game. That's it. When you're fifth in passing 10th in passing, I mean, you should be scoring more than 23 points a game. They're going to face an Iowa defense that is fourth in scoring. They're allowing 13 points per game. 22nd pass defense, less than 200 yards per game, and 10th against the run. Not that it's going to matter because Purdue doesn't run, but the real difference is that Iowa picks the ball off a lot. They have 16 picks this year, and they're going to force Purdue into some bad looks. Um, They should get up, so they're going to be playing uh, with pressure and pinning their ears back here. Um, You know, Iowa is not great. On offense, they're middle of the road. You know, they're a good rushing team. They don't pass a ton and not efficiently, but they're just going to have more than enough to get it done against Purdue here. I think the defense is just too dominant. So I'll lay that 11 and a half and I'll lay that 11 and a half with more confidence than I would Georgia in 23 or Cincinnati in 20 and a half. So I really like Iowa. Um, Always a chance for a letdown, but I just don't see it happening for them against Purdue. Poor Mississippi State. (laughs) having to host Alabama after Alabama taking the loss last week. Alabama is favored by 17. The number's 57 and a half. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just, like I said, poor Mississippi State. That's all I got to say here. They're going to beat the bejesus out of Mississippi State. (laughs) I mean, I I know they're on the road and everything, but they're pissed coming off that loss to Texas A&M. Can you imagine what this week of practice has been like for those kids? Just horrific. Bama hasn't lost to Mississippi State since 2007. Uh, they've won by 17 the last three years. And in Mike Leach's first year coaching Mississippi state last year, they shut them out 41 zip. And this is a one dimensional offense. They're fifth in passing. They're dead last in rushing. So when you give, when you give a Bama team, the blueprint on that, it's just not going to be very pretty. So I got 
And I picked Bama last week, and it didn't work out for me and everything. Well, but, but I think everybody picks, everybody picks Bama every week because Bama is Bama. They're not and great against the spread, though, so I understand no, that. No, this, this year they've been a little bit more mortal. They came out like gangbusters, but then you saw a little bit of a more mortal version of Chink in the armor, right, yeah. yeah. You saw the transition. You saw, like, the younger guys taking over and living off of the old glory a little bit, and then you got to execute at the end of the day. Everyone's gunning for you because you're Alabama. There's no letdowns. There's no, you know, there's no rest. And I think sometimes it's good for a younger football team to learn that. And look, they had a ton of guys leave last year to go in the draft, right? So this is a big turnover into their roster. And this is, you know, learning things the hard way, unfortunately. Um, TCU at Oklahoma. Oklahoma ranked fourth. 13 and a half is the number here. Oklahoma's favored by 65 is the number. Assuming Caleb Williams is the starting quarterback. How do you see this one going? Look, uh, uh, this is the letdown spot and the public is betting it as the letdown spot. 80% Hmm. cash on TCU as it stands right now as we're going here. Uh, And, and I think it's for two reasons. Number one, um, it's a huge letdown spot. So much emotion uh, winning that game against Texas and in a comeback fashion and it being one of the all-time instant classic uh, Red River uh, rivalry games. But um, TCU is not the TCU. If this was normal TCU, I, I would be like, yep, uh, they're going to have that huge letdown against the Horn Frogs. But there's not the same team they've been in the past TCU this year. Um, you know, uh, they're... They're also going to be down potentially their three top players. They have their top three guys are questionable quarterback, Max Dugan, who's having a fantastic year uh, running back, Zach Evans and wide receiver, Quentin Johnston, all questionable. Now those guys got banged up against Texas tech. They still wound up putting 52 points up, but you know, Oklahoma, ain't Texas tech. So um, they've had a weird year. They lost to Texas and, and had a bad loss to SMU. I know this is a traditional letdown spot, but I just I don't think this TCU team is the team that does it. And I think that Oklahoma has found it on offense with Caleb Williams. I mean, you know, I play a lot of CFF, Joe, you know that. And Mm -hmm. uh, this guy, Marvin Mims for Oklahoma was a very, very high pick because Spencer Rattler was a very high pick. Right. It was supposed to be these two connecting a bunch on offense. He scored his first touchdown when Caleb Williams threw it to him (laughs) this week. So they just they're a different beast on offense with Caleb and, um, you know, Spencer Rattler just wouldn't get it done. So Williams going to start. I think Oklahoma starts to roll downhill a little bit and TCU is the first the first stop on that. All right, let's uh, do the last of the likes here. 18th ranked Arizona State one point favorites at Utah. The numbers 50 and a half. This one's tight bogs. How do you see this one shaking out? I almost put this in the leans because I keep screwing up ASU. Like I can't (laughs) seem to pick them correct any week, but I see this minus one. It's too tasty for me. I got to take it. And and money's on Utah. And, and I understand that Utah's a good team specifically at home, but ASU has been great this year. Their only loss was to a tough BYU team on the road where they had 16 penalties to three for BYU. Uh, Utah lost the same game against BYU, but, BYU had more penalties than them. They also had a weird loss to San Diego State. Utah's just not their normal selves. They're kind of like the TCU of the Pac-12 here. Um, the only reason this line is uh, close, in my opinion, is because the U just beat down USC, but USC is going through a lot with firing their head coach and having an interim mm. and all that stuff. I think this one is an Arizona State uh, beat down. I've been wrong about them, but even if it's a close one, it, you're only laying a point here. 
I think the line should be closer to six or seven in Arizona State's favor. So I'll lay that point um, without issue for ASU. I think they're a pretty solid team. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of turmoil going on uh, with ASU on the outside with Herm Edwards and the investigation and all that stuff. But the kids really seem to be internalizing it and just playing for this season. So I got the Sun Devils in that one. All right, those are the likes, so let's get to the leans. We'll start with Clemson, 14-point favorites against Syracuse. The number's 45. Syracuse has not played very well. Should Clemson just stomp them? I I, want to say that, but Clemson can't seem to put it together on offense. They're 112th in scoring uh, because of the pathetic passing game, which is 113. This is Clemson. Uh, They're 113th in passing this year the run game is nothing to write home they're 84th the good news is they're still second scoring defense 21st against the run and 41st against the pass so they're still playing really well on defense Syracuse is uh getting it done right now running the ball and playing good defense They're 31st against the run and pass 64th in scoring I don't have any faith in anyone here gun to my head I'm going to take Clemson and I'm going to take the over because it's so it's 45 and I just can't believe a Clemson game is that low, but um, you know, uh, they're coming off a bye week too. I think the offense is ready to break out at any point here. Um, so Clemson is a little banged up, but I'm still going to lean towards them. Uh, and will Shipley might not play, but they've got a million running backs at Clemson. So they'll be okay. So I'll take them, but I don't know, man, they've been unbelievably disappointing. I'm not doing it with a ton of confidence is all. Oh, that's why it's a lean and not a like. Yeah. Uh, ninth-ranked Oregon is going to host Cal. Oregon, 13.5-point favorites. The number is 54. Your thoughts on this one? I can't figure out Oregon to save my life. They beat Ohio State, and then they lose to Stanford. I, and the money is going towards Cal in this game. Oregon Stanford's is, not a bad team, though, in they, all fairness. They might not, be the best team in their conference. <laughs> you know what? What is that saying, though? It's not saying much. Pac-12 is rough, right? I know. I think, I think <laughs> I know, ASU might be saying. the best team, but it's honestly, it's probably still Oregon. But they also just lost. Um, they also just lost their number one rusher in CJ Verdell. They have a very capable backup in Travis Dye. He's a little banged up. He had a concussion. I think he's going to be okay this week, though. But Cal's had one of the most brutal schedules so far. The uh, four losses coming against Nevada, TCU, Washington, and Washington State. Oregon's one and four against the spread. So. They haven't been great as far as betting on them this season uh, with the one win being the upset win over Ohio state, you know, Cal is two and two for what looks like no rhyme or reason. So I'm going to go with Oregon because uh, they can't afford to have another letdown week. So I think they beat up on Cal, but uh, every time I pick Oregon, they screw me and they're one in four <laughs> this year. So no confidence. All right, very well. Let's move on to uh, the next one here. Oklahoma State ranked 12th in the nation at 25th ranked Texas. Texas five and a half point favorites. The number 16 and a half. Uh, Boggs, does Texas rebound after a, a very tough loss last week? Well, see, this the betters don't think so. I mean, mm-hmm. heavily in the favor of Oklahoma State right now. I think as far as talent goes, I think Texas has them beat. But if we get strong Texas, they'll probably dominate. They're at home. You know, it's big to, to you know, uh, start out well for your home crowd, get them really involved in the game and all that stuff um, would be huge. But uh, OK State has played some tough games and they're undefeated. You know, um, I think uh, there's a difference between the offenses that they faced and Texas. Texas is ninth in rushing. They're fifth in scoring and they're, they're going to match up against the OK State defense that is 12th against the run, 24th in scoring. So this is all going to come down to 
Bijan Robinson, in, in my opinion, because I think after uh, shying away from him in the second half and not controlling the clock a little more, they just have to go, what the hell were we thinking? You know, and give the ball to Bijan here in this game. So I do like Texas in this one, but if we get flat Texas, th- this is the ultimate Sark coaching moment for me. It mm-hmm. is if you can get these guys up to play after a bad emotional loss. Right. That's the big question because no other coach since Mac has been able to do it. So, and Mac wasn't able to do it at the end either. So uh, it's, it's a huge test for a, a new head coach and uh, one that I am looking forward to seeing how Texas responds. Last year on the list, uh, 19th ranked BYU at Baylor, Baylor six and a half point favorites in this one. The number is 50 and a half. Uh, your thoughts on this one? This is one I hate the most of the week right here. <laughs> I do not like it, Joe. Um, uh, I haven't been able to figure out BYU at all. Baylor's look good. Baylor smoked West Virginia last week, and their only loss is the 12th ranked OK State. BYU's having a great year, but they're coming off their first loss against Boise State last week. I think I like the way Baylor is playing right now with quarterback Jerry Bohannon. Uh, they're 16th in rushing, 17th in scoring. B- BYU is better at stopping the run, but they're kind of middle of the packish. 51st. BYU is uh, going to get their starting quarterback, Jaron Hall, back this week, but they're middle of the pack in every offensive stat. So I don't think that they're going to blow Baylor out of the water. I'm just going to take Baylor because of the home team here. I like what Bohannon has done. And, but I can't seem to figure out BYU. So like I said, I like uh, Baylor, but not with an enormous amount of confidence. All right. Check out all the rest over at bettingpros.com, including Scott Bogman's picks every single week. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Always great content there at Betting Pros. All the consensus lines for all the houses. That way you can make the best wagers to win yourself some cash. We'll be back again next week to do it all again and recap the week that was in the meantime that'll do it for us but the story of the game goes on for scott bogman i'm joey p we will see you next time kids